as many of you know, uh, throughout our podcast, we've been uh, talking about the theme of life this year, that we want to be a life-giving organization. And part of that is the letter I, where we talk about increase, increase in numbers. And so that's where church planning really comes in with when we talk about being a life-giving organization. So, so Randy, I just wanted to kind of uh, lead you into this a little bit, is, is why plan? What's the reality? Hey, thank you, Chris, and it's good to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about something that's really dear to my heart, and that's church planting. Here's the reality. For almost 60 years now, we're coming up on 60 years, the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist has been comprised of about 150 churches, mostly in eastern North Carolina, uh, but, but 150 churches can only do so much. I mean, they can only give so much support to Crusader Youth Camp, to Heritage Bible College, to to 17 foreign mission fields where we're working. And I just, when I became superintendent a year ago, I just came in with a sense that there ought to be a Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Church in every major city along the I-95 corridor from Benson all the way up to Richmond, Virginia, and south from Dunn all the way down into Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, you take the I-40 corridor from from. Uh, Benson West toward Raleigh and on, on over into Tennessee, there ought to be a PFWB church being planted in every major town and city along those busy, busy corridors. Somehow we've got to break out of our eastern North Carolina box and begin to see God expand uh, what, what we're doing as an organization well beyond eastern North Carolina. And, and when I became superintendent and began to pray about this part of the vision, I got this sense of optimism that we can do this. Uh, we can do this if we have four things, and this is what I believe the Lord showed me. If we have a strategic plan, number one. If we have a recruitment process, number two. And a training program, number three. And then number four, a funding mechanism. With those four things, I believe we can develop within the PFWB a church planting culture. And as we've here in the office and the resource center, we've been sitting around the table and brainstorming and, and thinking together and praying together about this. We believe God has given us just that, a strategic plan. And, and I'm going to share a little bit of that here in just a moment, uh, a recruitment process, uh, a training program, and, and also uh, a funding mechanism. And so uh, I'm excited. I, I believe we're off to a good start, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do as, as we turn the PFWB into a church planting culture. Randy, you mentioned the other night four reasons why we need to plant new churches. Someone asked that question. Why mm -hmm. why plant churches when we have churches that aren't filled to capacity? I hear that question all the time. Right. Yeah. And I, before we get into that process of church planting, I just wanted to, to, to reiterate those things because uh, they're so important. The first reason was that as we read our scripture, we see that's the way they did it in the New Testament church. Absolutely. They went from city to city planting churches. Mm -hmm. The word says that the Lord added daily mm -hmm. the souls that were being saved. We think about them spreading from Jerusalem to yep. Judea to Samaria. We think about the missionary journeys of Paul. Uh, the, the New Testament is all about church planting. Absolutely. And we're the same New Testament church today. And so we need to continue to follow uh, what what the scripture was saying so right. in fact you know it's like where nowhere does it say nowhere did he say stop doing it that way you know and, and to me if it's that way if they did it that way in the new testament why stop exactly you know, why stop that, that that's the point right 
So we need to be biblical in our approach. Secondly, as more and more of our PFWB churches are either plateaued or dying, is it is imperative that we start new churches in new areas to reach right. new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard the statistics about about the churches mm-hmm. uh, in our nation that uh, that have reached that point of plateau mm-hmm. or even in decline. And so it's important as we think about the future and as more and more people, are, uh, especially here in North Carolina, are moving into our state, uh, communities are growing. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure uh, that we are starting new churches right. to reach new people. Uh, you know, Marty, that's not just a PFWB thing. As you pointed out, those are national statistics. A number of churches in every organization that are just uh, plateaued or as you say dying and some of them it's just the sheer fact of the matter that they are in dying communities right and there was a time when maybe it was a thriving uh, factory town or something and 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 churches came in and begin to grow and now the factories have closed or the next generation went off to college and went off and got jobs and never came home so, so some of it is nobody's fault. It's just the cycle of life, if you will, since the church is a living organism. Some of this is just a given that churches are going to plateau some and others are going to die. And so just the a sheer attrition rate, an organization has to be replenishing or starting new churches. Absolutely. Right. Um, and we think about the third reason that you mentioned. Uh, statistics tell us that it's easier, it's more cost-effective to start new churches than it is to revitalize existing churches. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to be clear when we talk about our vision and the vision that you have put forth, we're all about revitalizing our existing churches. Absolutely. That, that is a, a big part of, of what we're going to be doing and, and placing our emphasis and effort into. But at the same time, uh, we're going to be placing an emphasis and an effort on, on church planting. And we see that uh, many times that seems to be the more efficient way to, uh, by starting new churches to reach the people. Right. You know, Marty, my dad used to say, I, I mentioned this in a meeting recently, and I, we kind of laughed about it. My dad used to teach at Heritage Bible College. He used to say it like this. He used to say when it comes to, to planting new churches versus trying to revive or resurrect dead or dying churches. And I understand that the vast majority of, of the churches fall in somewhere in between there, like uh, uh, plateaued. Right. But when, when you think about the contrast between planting a new church from scratch versus trying to resurrect a dead church, and some churches, as I said, it's just it's natural. They, they, have, they are dying or they have died. My dad used to say in, in the classroom, he said, it's easier uh, to have babies than it is to raise the dead. So <laughs> in that respect, it's easier to birth new churches than it is to try to breathe life into something that has died. Uh, so I think that's kind of where, we, where we're getting at w- with that third reason about it being easier and more cost effective. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and that kind of leads into the fourth point because I think it's in that, that same uh, way of thinking. Num- the fourth reason, that we, we find that new churches are more effective at reaching the lost for Christ and making disciples of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it should be that all churches, no matter how long they have existed, are continuing to reach new people for Christ. But uh, statistics clearly s- show us that it's the new churches that, uh, that have uh, seem to have the greatest number of conversions. Uh, perhaps right. that's because of the, the excitement level that comes into a new church and, the, and uh, the, the passion for evangelism. Could very well be. You mentioned uh, also the other night some of the cities that you uh, have been thinking about in planning 
churches in the PFWB. Can you talk a little bit about that for a moment? Yeah, and, and this, this is where I wish our listening audience on this audio podcast, this is one of those days, Chris, when I think I wish the audio podcast was a video podcast. <laughs> so we could let them see what I'm looking at right now on my tablet in front of me. But uh, some time ago, and I've been saying this for years, that I just, I just sort of envision a map on a wall with a bunch of little uh, pins stuck everywhere, uh, places where we're targeting to put uh, new churches. And, uh, and so we finally have made that reality, not so much a map on a wall, but a map on our tablets here in front of us. But we just sat down, uh, Marty, you and I, and of course, Chris, we were together in a setting the other day and we had some downtime. So we just sat down and we started brainstorming, if you recall, we op- I believe we pulled up a map on, a, on one of our phones or right. something, and we just started looking at cities in eastern North Carolina. And, you know, some people have been hearing me say for some time we ought to have a church plant along these major cities, along the I-95 corridor yes. north and south of Dunn and uh, along the I-40 corridor west of Benson. And, and it, we just began to think, what if we were going to lay it out there, what would be some cities that we would begin to pray to God that he would give people a burden for? And I was amazed at the number of key, thriving, growing cities in eastern North Carolina where there is not a Pentecostal Free Will Baptist presence. And so what I'm looking at in front of me right now is a column of of names of cities along the I-95 corridor heading north from Dunn. And it's cities like Wilson, North Carolina, Rocky Mount, Roanoke Rapids. I mean, you head north on I-95, in, in a matter of a few hours, you've gone through three major cities right. right there, right there on that interstate where we ought to have somebody planting a PFWB church. And then you cross over into Virginia, and there's Richmond, Virginia. And I didn't even put St. Petersburg and right on up to D.C. But the point is, all along that north corridor of 95, lots of growing cities where we need a PFWB presence. Then when you head south on 95, I, I jotted down these, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Lumberton, just south of Fayetteville. Then you get on down into South Carolina, there's Florence and Columbia, veer off of 95 there a little ways, and there's Charleston, South Carolina. Major, major cities where, where we ought to have a PFWB presence. I-40 West, I talk about building a bridge from the Triangle to the Triad. I mean, there's after you leave the Raleigh area, there's Chapel Hill and Durham and, and Burlington and Greensboro and High Point, Winston-Salem all the way over to Charlotte. Again, these are major growing cities in eastern North Carolina that have no PFWB presence. And then a fourth group that I threw in there, as we talked, we looked at uh, the area just north, I guess, of Dunn, Irwin, Benson, up around the Highway 42 corridor, the I-50, the Highway 210, or Highway 50, Highway 210 corridor. I mean, cities like Garner. It has become a booming bedroom community for the Research Triangle Park. Uh, Clayton, same thing. Holly Springs, Apex, Fuquay Verena. Guys, let me tell you what I think. I think, based on what I know from Scripture and history, if the Apostle Paul were alive today and sought credentials with the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Church, and I'll go ahead and be the first to say, we'd gladly give them to yes, him. Yes, we okay. would. <laughs> we, we would ordain Paul, okay? But if he were alive today and joined the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Church, I believe he would do this. Right. I believe he'd get out a map and he'd look at these cities and he'd say, you know, Randy, guys, send me there. Uh, I, I want to go there and I want to plant a church. 
These today are what Corinth and Ephesus and Thessalonica, and I can go on and on. You look at all of the New Testament churches. The letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote were to those churches that he started. Where did he start them? He started them at the major crossroads, the major intersections of his day. And in our day, the cities I just read off, that's exactly what they are. And so I'm just, I'm going to start just saying it. I'm going to start praying that God will just shake some pastors, shake some ministers out there, and give them a burden for some city. I, I shared in this meeting the other day that w when we planted the church in Rollsville, North Carolina, the day I drove through that little sleepy town, uh, it's like sitting at that one little stoplight in Rollsville. In a moment, in an instant, God gave me a, a burden and a, and a passion for a place I'd never been and a people I'd never met. And, and I'm just praying that God will begin to give some people uh, from among our ranks a burden and a passion for some of these major cities in eastern North Carolina. And if that's you, then we're willing to help you. We're willing to work with you any way we can. Absolutely. Uh, so for those who will be hearing this podcast, please join with us as we pray that God would raise up men and women to be church planners in the PFWB. Um, this is this is uh, a big part of where mm -hmm. our heart is. Mm -hmm. uh, Randy, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that there was uh, four things that, that we needed, and we can do this. We can become a church planning movement. Mm -hmm. You said a, a strategic plan, a recru recruitment process, a training program, and a funding mechanism. I, I know you can't get uh, too in-depth mm -hmm. uh, into the process right now, but could you talk with us just a little bit about what this process looks like for a church planter? I, I sure can. And again, if, I, if, we were, if this was video, you could see it on the screen, but we'll, we're, we're going to make that happen somewhere. We'll put it on Facebook or social media. We'll put it on the website or something. But, but basically, we do have what we call the PFWB process, and I guess it all begins with something that, that we call a readiness to plant tool. And, and this is a tool that is nothing original, nothing new with us. We've borrowed it from others who probably borrowed it from others, and you know how that goes. But anyway, uh, it's called a readiness to plant tool, and we can put it in your hands hard copy. Uh, we can email it to you soon. We'll have it on our website, so you can actually just go online and fill it out electronically and then click a button to submit it. But it's basically a simple little uh, questionnaire that, that we ask uh, someone who might be interested in church planting to, to fill out. And it helps you begin to determine, is this God's will for our life? And that's the first step. Second step is after you take that readiness to plant tool, is just to submit uh, a church planner's application. And Marty, your, your department has that. You've got that in place. And, uh, and, and they can just contact our office, and we'll be happy to put that in your hands Absolutely. again. You can get a hard copy right now, but, or we can email it to you. But eventually, it'll be online so you can fill it out there. And it's just uh, an application. Then the third step, once we get that application in hand, is to bring you in for an interview. And you and I will oversee that. Chris will help out with that as well. And if, if the readiness to plant tool checks out that this may indeed be something that you're suited for, if everything checks out with your application uh, and the interview goes well, then we would assign you a church planting coach. That's just, you know, somebody from among our ranks, one of our pastors that has experience in church planting, to just walk with you through the whole process. Now, I won't get into too much detail here, but, but let me just say we are partnering with an organization called ARC. Right. And that's ARC, stands for Association of Related Churches, and they are the foremost church planting organization in the nation today. 
they boast about a 96% success rate at planting new churches. And they're not a denomination, and they're just a Christ-centered, Bible-based organization that helps other Christ-centered, Bible-based organizations plant churches. So they are willing to partner with us to help us plant PFWB churches. And we're excited about this partnership, and uh, it's going to involve some uh, some training on their part. And again, they're one of the best in the nation today at planting churches. And I mean some in-depth training that, that they walk you through. And uh, and we, we will walk with you through the ARC process as you're going to meet with them and, and go through their training. And then after that, uh, it, it's the exciting part of building your launch team and developing your budget. I remember when, I, when Gwen and I planted uh, a church, the most, one of the most exciting things was, was getting the name of the church. I'll never <laughs> forget that process. Uh, well, that, that's part of it. You've got to have a name for your church, and we'll help you through all of that right up to launch Sunday, the big day. And uh, then beyond that, there, there's a host of other things that we come alongside to help you with in the aftermath. But the point is, we've got a clear, clearly defined process, and uh, we'd be happy to sit down with you, share with you that process, walk you through it. And it, listen, pray about this. If, if God puts this on your heart, guys, we got to do this. We, we just got to do this. And, and I'm praying that we're going to see a church planting culture evolve within the PFWB and we're going to expand beyond our eastern North Carolina roots and see the day when there might even be churches uh, in, 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 in Georgia and Alabama and Louisiana and Mississippi. I believe the PFWB can be a driving presence for the glory of God in the southeastern United States, but church planting has got to be central to it all. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your passion for church planting. We're excited, and if you're listening today, we've got a plan. We're ready to come alongside of you, and we're excited for what God has next in store. So feel free to reach out to us. God bless you. Have a great day.